This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Sportsbook Podcast. I'm Dan Roberts, and it's time to talk more about baseball. It's summer, it's baseball season. We are past the all-star break after a pretty good classic, a summer classic. Uh, This year's was pretty good. We had a good home run contest won by Bryce Harper at his home field in D.C. And now we've had a little bit of fun, juicy baseball controversy with MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred's comments about the popularity, or lack thereof, of Mike Trout, whom baseball enthusiasts, baseball nerds, baseball stat heads, mostly will tell you is the best player in baseball. But he's certainly not the most prominent, the most well-liked, the most universally known, the most marketable. Uh, Could have been an interesting little kerfuffle there, but instead it ended with a whimper with a Mike Trout pro forma statement. But we're going to get into it. It's a good time to talk about baseball. Plus, of course, numerous problems. We've got attendance at ballparks down. Uh, Of course, in the last month, it's gotten a little bit better. So you've got some defenders, some MLB apologists saying perhaps it was just the unseasonable cold weather at the beginning of the season. But we're going to get into that. Of course, MLB has tried a number of things recently. Uh, I reported on launching a crypto baseball game. That's right, a blockchain-based collectibles game. And it got a lot of buzz, mostly negative. I saw people tweeting it, rolling their eyes. Of course, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I was just reporting, hey, MLB is doing this. But I think the reaction was what we expected, uh, cynicism. But to discuss all this and to discuss what MLB should or shouldn't or has to do or maybe what some people say it should do, but maybe it shouldn't be changing the game, I'm bringing in our baseball guys. It's recurring guest, Miles Udland, our markets reporter and Yankees fan. Boo, hiss, boo, Yankees. Most available, most available guest at Yahoo Finance. Oh, I wouldn't necessarily say that. You're a busy man. Just today, uh, a hit on Cheddar to talk about Tesla. And also on the podcast for the first time, our distribution editor at Yahoo Finance, Michael Kelly. Hi, Michael. Hello. Glad to be here. All right. A man in the background finally comes to the That's front. That's it. He emerges from behind the screen. This is, this is very exciting. Very exciting. Well, let's get into it. Uh, I think the best way to start, as I said, I mentioned attendance. Now, through June 15, average attendance at MLB ballparks was at a 15-year low. Ugly. Now, of course, that was a good month ago. And as I understand it, it's gotten a little better since then. So more accurate to say attendance is down. Let's not do superlatives. I haven't seen the up-to-date numbers. Maybe it's now a little better than it was, not the worst, but it's down. Uh, And, of course, ratings. We can talk about national TV ratings for primetime games. And, actually, local ratings for local regional sports networks have been doing well for baseball. But, you know, the national games that people just just aren't watching uh, in the numbers they used to do. But, Michael, you're a baseball fan. Uh, Any thoughts on sort of how MLB has changed or failed to change or not adapted to the uh, shift in distribution and consumption patterns by sports fans? Well... I watch a lot of baseball. I watch a lot of Cubs games. Uh, probably seen over two thirds of them this year. Uh, MLB TV app is great. Oh yeah, they've uh, gotten a lot of praise for that. I, and going to a couple of topics that I'm sure we'll touch on. Uh, I think their baseball is a victim of TVs getting better. So it's the same reason why I don't like going to NFL football games, is because I can just sit with an HD TV and the camera angles are great. Um, so it's your own couch and your own bathroom. can take care of everything. I still love going to baseball games, uh, but the convenience of watching pretty much any game I want on any screen I want um, does uh, keep people away from the ballpark, I think. So there are things that people can do, but I think the 
first thing to recognize is that the the reality is different. Technology has changed. So what I think is interesting about that is um, I agree, but I was reading, uh, and a lot of people have a lot of explanations for why people don't go to games. Is it because people want to just hang out on their phones? Is it because people are bored with baseball? But I read a, I read a take, and it was a local news piece. I think it was out of the D.C. area. And it was like baseball games are too expensive. Like going to professional sporting events, it's sort of the Occam's razor explanation, right? It was why, W top that piece. Yeah, I saw of, it too. Of why do people not want to go to games? It's like think about it. So here, in, here in New York, um, you might say it's not a great example, but the price difference between Yankee Stadium and Camden Yards and you know the Braves New Park or City Field. Well, I'm just saying like the, the price differences aren't that huge, right? So. Even if it costs eleven fifty for a Bud Light at Yankee Stadium, it's still going to be eight or nine bucks at another stadium. And here in New York, we can take the train, or at least because we live in the city, we can take the train to the ballpark, right? But a lot of people, you know, my parents came to a Yankees game. We met at the stadium. Cost them like forty five bucks to park by the stadium. It's an hour to drive in from Jersey. It's then you know, I mean, again, you, you go up to the concession stand, and I was with my buddies a couple weeks ago to Yankees game, and we kind of split into to groups, and so it's me and my one friend. We get up there and we get, um, I don't know what, like chicken fingers and a couple of beers and like a water. And 30 like, bucks. No, $60, right? <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's crazy, right? It's like, it's like a whole night of going out to a bar, which aren't cheap in New York, just in one shot. And so to me, that's like a very simple explanation of like it costs hundreds of dollars to go to a ball game with your family. And that's for all sports. That's hockey, that's basketball, that's baseball. They got to keep Aaron and Judge paid for those dingers though. Yeah, so. and um and then I think, you know, something that we could we could get into because we all watch enough baseball to know that this is true is uh, and I don't know if it's quite as good an explanation, but the way the game has gone with bomb and gouge, right? It's mm. strikeouts and it's homers yes. and there's no small ball. The shift makes it so that you basically know Aaron Judge is getting a home run. Or, he's or getting he's out, yep. right? Or maybe he gets one into the gap, but there's really not a whole big gap because they got five guys on the left side of the field. Well, and because and of the shift, I was just reading about yeah, this. Yeah, and I, and I that's think that's why that, Bryce Harper has, you know, his average is down because he's not, he doesn't get singles and doubles. And I think that's not nothing, basically. Mm. Yeah. Now, of course, what someone could say is, well, what should MLB do about that? I mean, the, the price they could have an impact on. The experience on TV, they could have an impact on. And I actually just reported last week about, you know, a new partnership with MLB and Amazon where they're going to beef up stats. Fine. And a lot of people said, well, but if people aren't watching, it's not, you know, stats aren't going to bring them to the table. Right. Uh, there are things Major League Baseball can do that you can put on the league. But in terms of the gameplay, I, d I don't think you can put that on the league. Now, of course, they are oh, trying I disagree. to make it shorter. Okay. I, I disagree. I mean, I don't know why you can't have an illegal defense. You have, you have the legal three seconds in the NBA. The NBA mm. for years didn't allow zone defense. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't regulate shifts out of the game if you really believed that it's affecting play. They're, they're regulating uh, mount. You know, when you go to games now, there's MVR on the on the board, which means mound visits remaining. Uh, you can only go to the mound so often. They're, they're trying to get a pitch clock going in the minor leagues. I mean, you can change the game, and I think all pro sports have seen that. Um, while there was a movement maybe in the 90s and 2000s that felt like when we were growing up, right, every game was supposed to be sacred. We mm. couldn't change the rules. Yes. But we're seeing the changes so quickly the last 10 years as the athletes get bigger, faster, stronger, that uh, that thing is not, it's not sacred anymore. Right? So Just you say fall you more on changes. Show. I fall Absolutely. more on purist. Michael? I, I think that there are two tracks that the MLB can take. One of them is the Amazon and the stats and making it more fun to watch the game on TV. But then you risk yeah double down on that yeah but then you risk people not actually going to the ballpark because they'll sit back and and watch the stats but I think the 
I think it's an intriguing idea to change the the rules like against the shifts. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be against that and how it would play out. I don't like, you know, putting a runner on second base to start extra innings. So it's very situational. I think that ballparks uh, and teams can do more to get people to the stadium because there is uh, there's still a, a sanctity, a cathedral to go into a game. But um, to the point before about stadiums, when I want to go to a baseball game now. I'll get uh, $6 seats for the Mets and, and right. sit in the 500 section behind home plate, and I'm at the stadium, and that's great, but then I still have to spend $50 and up for whatever I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, they could do more in terms of um, the, the fun nights where they give away stuff is still good, but you could do Game more. Game of Thrones bobblehead. Yeah, you could do more about um, you know having a club um, if you go to so many games or if you buy so many beers or something that, that – gets people excited about going back to the ballpark like for an event. Idea. Point system or something, some kind of club, but you're not a season ticket holder. Right. You know, you went to 10 games a season. You got something. Yeah, like a, uh, like a, like a Subway lunch card. Something. Right. Punch, it, yeah. punch it 10 times, get a free beer. Right. I mean, when I went to a, an Indians game in Cleveland a couple weeks ago, it was uh, Led Zeppelin fireworks night. Nice. Which actually awesome. Was, actually, no, it actually was, well, it was coolish, uh, uh-huh. but it was actually kind of a disaster because but they had to do it. The game ended, right? So the game ends at uh, 10.20. Then they've got to clear out a bunch of sections where the fireworks are going to fall, which takes like 20, 30 minutes. Plus they're sent to the fireworks. Then they got to clear the plaza behind the stadium because that's where fireworks are also going. Uh, so these things start going off at like 10.55, and they only last 10 minutes. So uh, now it's like after 11 o'clock and, you know, a good – I think that stadium seats 38,000, so there are probably a good 20,000 people still there all leaving at the same time. But that – they got 20,000 people to stay – for an extra hour at the stadium uh, to see these fireworks. So that stuff does work, even if um, I thought it wasn't the best experience. Well, and there's, there's like, uh, they do Grateful Dead concerts at City Field. Mm-hmm. And I like those in the sense that it's kind of a surreal experience to be watching a concert and sitting in yes. a baseball seat. And I think that way you can kind of pull in mainstream people who wouldn't think about going to a ballpark, but then they see a concert there and they say, oh, I could spend an afternoon here. I just saw uh, a country show at Fenway, and you're right. We were in the seats, and it felt like it was going to be a game, and most of the field was uncovered, so there's the mound, and there's the, you know, the base path, but then there's Luke Bryan, you know, twanging away, so it was kind of funny, and it was cool, you know, I mean, especially because it was Fenway, but there on the iconic, you know, Green Monster with the lettering, instead of the standings in the AL, they had, you know, Luke Bryan in the the Fenway letters. It was cool. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm glad, Michael, that you mentioned the starting a base runner on second in extra innings. I, I agree. I mean, I'm very against that. I think that sounds horrible. Uh, but then you have something like a pitch clock, and you get into the more gradations of opinion. I mean, I think a lot of purists, and then, of course, also pitchers. Uh, I had the chance a year ago to interview Mariano Rivera. We were talking about business post-retirement, but, of course, legendary pitcher, closer. Uh, and I asked him how he feels about the pitch clock. Well, no surprise, he doesn't like it. He's not in support of it. And my feeling is... I would rather see, but I believe I'm in the minority, a pitching duel than a slugfest. I would rather see a game that has no homers, where both pitchers are pitching incredibly, where in the fifth it's still 0-0, than I would see a bunch of homers. I think most people want the opposite, but because of that, because I like defense, I don't want them to do anything that might make, that might make pitchers not as good. Now, you know, so if the pitch clock is going to hurry someone or rush someone, now, of course, people say, no, 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 it's not going to rush them. It won't change anything, but... I don't know if they feel rushed. I just, I, I, my, my heart, my instinct is purist, but at the same time, the games are too long. They're definitely too long. Uh, look, now, on the other hand, for the people who go in person, 
if you're paying through the nose like that, you want a big, nice, long experience, right? You want no, it to be don't. a day at the park. No? no, you want it to be two and a half hours and out of okay. there. Like three hours is a long time. I, I think, um, and this is, you know, the only thing we're ever talking about on this podcast is baseball and golf, and right? There's a lot of crossover <laughs> here. Yes. You know, if you listen to the, the athletes, problem. well, golf is a problem with, there, there needs to be a shot clock, right? Some of these guys take all day. Speed. It's like, hit the damn ball, right? Um, he's actually a, f- a fairly fast player away from the green. Anyway, the point is, like, if you listen to the athletes, the athletes never want any rules imposed on them. But if you follow any sport, we all know that the athlete adjusts to the rule. So, yes, Mariano is thinking, well, I don't want anyone to tell me how long I can take between pitches. But once the rule is the rule, he's going to follow the rule. Right. And I just don't know why baseball and other sports seem reluctant in certain cases to just change the rule. And maybe maybe MLB isn't reluctant. Maybe they're sitting there in the league offices here in New York and they're saying, oh, we're definitely changing this next year. Or, or th- this is going to happen in the next CBA. But – it seems right now that there isn't a lot of movement on that front when, to me, it's the obvious fix. You run the game. Legislate the game you want it to be run or r- the way you want it to be played. And if you think it needs to be faster, which I do, make there be a pitch clock. And I don't think that's going to take away from pitcher's duels. I, I don't think there's an issue with pitch clock because I think that athletes will adjust. But it, an interesting question that would have uh, more effect on the pace of the game would be this idea that you can't bring in a pitcher for one pitch or for one right. batter. Uh, and I am also a purist in the sense that I love pitching duels. The uh, the classic Pedro Martinez versus Roger Clemens in the year 2000 at Fenway. Trot Nixon hits a two-run home run, and that was basically all the scoring, or that was all the scoring, uh, was one of my favorite games as a child. So I like the idea of pitching matchups. I like the idea of um, playing that game. I would be against that rule, but I totally understand why people who want to speed up the game uh, would want a rule of more than one batter per pitcher because bringing in new, new pitchers does add a lot of time to the game. Uh, let's talk about, as I mentioned, the popularity question. Now, maybe it gets to the personalities of a ball player versus NBA, but a lot of the growth in the NBA, and by the way, I think people uh, forget this, but NBA is still third to NFL and baseball in terms of revenue per year, but it's gaining fast. But, you know, baseball but is, no one as thinks, a league. no one thinks the NBA is less culturally relevant. Exactly. That's baseball. what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Most people think NBA is second to only NFL. But actually, by revenue for the league, NBA is still third. But it's close. Uh, rapidly approaching $10 billion and, and MLB is just over $10 billion. Uh, NFL at 14 So the NBA, we all agree. I mean, this has become a no-brainer. This isn't even a debate has done very well, but maybe it's not to be credited to the NBA. Maybe they just got lucky and their players are more vibrant, but they've done very well with uh, being culturally, and what I really mean, what I think we all really mean when we talk about this is internet digitally relevant. Yep. The players are super outspoken. They're very active on social media. And, and that means a, an actual multifaceted thing today. I mean, Michael is our social guy. You can talk more about this, but I mean, I, I think some athletes, people say, no, he does social media, and it's like he, he tweets every so often. It's like, no, no, no. These guys, I mean, Harden, LeBron, Westbrook, Durant, they're on Instagram like all day. They're commenting on each other's Instagram posts. They're posting behind-the-scenes video from the locker room. They're doing inside jokes at each other, and all the super NBA nerds are watching them obsessively and parsing them. Like, oh, what did he mean here? Oh, Durant, you know, he's talking shit about C.J. McCollum, and they're going back and forth. Durant said, I just came on your podcast, man, and they're loving it. They're loving the spats, the back and forth. It's so public. There's none of that in baseball. There's just none of that. Sure, some of the guys seem to have some personality. They have social media presence. is fine. But it's not the same. Now, 
can that be blamed on MLB? What can it do? But I guess I'm really asking, you know, how important is it to have these players who are globally recognizable? I mean, NBA, there's just no LeBron James in Major League Baseball. There isn't. Uh, there's just nothing even comes close. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, it may, you know, on social media, content, some content is just stickier than others, and I think that uh, NBA content is st- just naturally stickier. I, I had a buddy who was sending me clips of uh, one-on-ones from the Team USA, and he was, it was Instagram and Twitter, and he was sending it right to my chat box. And these days, I can just click on it and watch it. Yep, instant. And, yeah, it. it was just it was wonderful. And Joel Embiid playing pickup with guys right. too. Kevin Durant just yeah. uh, going one mowing down people. So uh, I I think that. For the content, like, I'm not a big NBA fan, but I was happy to sit back and watch that. And I don't think there's an equivalent of that in baseball. Um, and I agree, there aren't personalities that um, stand out and, and kind of transcend in the culture in baseball. And I, it, it's an issue in, in the sense that they want traction and they're not getting as much as they can. But is it on the players to be more interesting? I mean, if you're a ball player, you've likely been playing baseball since you were six years old. You've mm. been groomed. You're a professional. It is your whole raison d'etre. It is what defines you. But in many cases, there might not be that much more to you. And that, that's okay. That shouldn't be your fault. I mean, take Jordan Spieth in golf. Like, well, why is it his job to also be interesting? He's already an excellent professional golfer. Why isn't that enough? Well, and I think that Mike Trout being an example, he – I don't think he has it uh, – he has to be an amb- a cultural ambassador like that. I also think that uh, – the national media or the conversation hasn't actually focused on him enough because I saw a, a stat from him of first a thousand games and he is up there with uh, the greats um, and it was like five players and it was it was incredible and that should be a national story that should be a story that uh, baseball writers and people ESPN should be talking about uh, and get on that's how Mike Trout should get on people's radar. Uh, I don't think he has to go to Disney World mm. and right. and do a stunt um, or start uh, speaking out about uh, different aspects of society. Right. If he has something very smart to say and, and he can move society forward in some way, then uh, perhaps. But I don't think it, it has to be part of the, the job description. But I think um, that hits on that, that it comes down to the league and it comes down to the teams because – it's not that complicated. Like the thing, the stories that get covered in sports are not that complicated to track why they get covered. Guys cover the teams or they cover the sport. They go there every day. And you know who they talk to? They talk to the players that are made available by the media teams that work at the different clubs that work for the league. And if the, and I, I was on ESPN yesterday. I was reading some baseball stories. Like I'm looking for the trade deadline. And on the left, there were two separate stories about how Mike Trout was discovered as uh, a high schooler, one of which I know I had already read, like previously, but it's clear that after Rob Manfred's comments, uh, someone in the league office said, all right, well, you know, call the Angels and say, let's get this guy some coverage, right? It's like, you want to spread in the LA Times? Call the LA Times baseball guy, or um, was it Bill Puznaski? I don't know if he's still there, but he used to be on uh, 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 PTI, I guess. Joe Puznaski. Joe Puznaski, sorry. Um, And sports reporters and all that stuff. R.I.P. to the sports supporters. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, call him and, and, and say, hey, go cover Trout. We'll give you Trout for 30 minutes before the game. GQ. Write a takeout, right? Like, we're going to give you we're gonna give you his parents, and, you know, you can talk to his wife for 10 minutes. Like, right. 
just make it happen. Like it is not. It's very much similar to when celebrities get big takeout features. It's not. It's a combination of reporters hitting up certain people, but ultimately the ball club and the league, much like the um, the agent for the film star, decides when they have something written about them in a big national media kind of way. And so the fact that Rob Manfred had the balls to blame Mike Trout as if his league hasn't fundamentally failed every player since Big Poppy, basically, right? And Derek Jeter but and see, Manny and it's Ramirez. It's funny you mentioned Big Poppy. I mean, that's the outsized, exaggerated, dominate-the-room personality you need to emerge okay, but, into fame as a pro baseball player. Okay, but I, I think people, uh, in hindsight, will say, oh, it's because of who Big Poppy was. But remember, when he comes to the Red Sox, he's really a no one from the Twins. He's not that good. He may or may not have um, gotten involved in some things that made him a better player. And then, oh <laughs> and, and then, right, all of a sudden they win the World Series, and he is emboldened by the Red Sox press. He's emboldened by the Red Sox in-house staff, I mean, to be himself in the press. Uh, people in Boston go crazy for him. He's a national story. A he becomes market. larger than life. But there was a time when David Ortiz was a quiet kid hitting 250 for the Twins, and the notion that he wasn't created um, in part by uh, the media around him and, and the, the team that enabled him to sort of explore that part of himself is false, right? Like, the leagues have the power to make the stars they want, and that is what the NBA has succeeded in doing. Kawhi Leonard, he, I, I, no one even knows what his voice sounds like. And his right. trade this summer was a major story. You think that's his job? You think the Spurs made that happen? His agent? No. The NBA made that happen, and they've made it happen for dozens well, of guys. Well, it helped that there was drama. I mean, with Trout specifically, right, but there's I'm, just been no drama. He's played for the Angels. No one's trading him. No, he's not. It's not his fault. That's, right. Make, yeah. The league's got to make it happen. You yeah. want stars? You make it happen. And I think, um, I, I think the notion that it's somehow on the kid is, like, right. just ridiculous. I'm with you, although it's funny. I mean, Michael said... Um, the media hasn't really covered him enough. They haven't made his, a, a big enough story about how good he is. Sports media, sure, they should. However, like, let's take me. I'm, I guess I'm business media, but I cover sports. I cover the business of sports. I, I don't want to write about Mike Trout. I mean, he's got, he's got a signature, he's got a signature shoe. He's got a signature yeah, batting gloves. not interesting. I'll write about Aaron Who sponsors Judge. Him? I, I don't know. Adidas? Nike? I don't even know. No, right. I... I but signature like, cleat means nothing, but, by but the like way. But, like, that's on the Nike. question is, are you being used Nike in national to, ad campaigns? But Nike needs to be calling you. Nike needs to call you, Dan Roberts, and yeah. say, we right. got a Mike Trout cleat. Right. We're giving you Mike Trout for 15 minutes. That's right. on right. Nike. And, right. you, and you have to work a little bit harder for players that aren't in massive markets. He's not in New York. He's not in Boston. He's in Anaheim. Yeah. And yeah. the the games are too late. Uh, like I used to Buffalo. stay up to listen to Vin Scully, but besides that, I'm, I'm not going to watch a game on the West Coast. It's just... It starts too late and it goes too long. So, yeah, the league uh, and the team and uh, the advertisers, they should work a little harder for these guys to to manufacture some praise or to highlight w the incredible things they're doing in the field. Or else you have a, a situation where, uh, Miles, a few months ago, you said, uh, someday kids will ask, Daddy, what was it like watching Mike Trout? Yeah. And you say, I don't know. I can't answer that question. <laughs> Not interesting, right? I saw him on Instagram a lot. That looked great. Now, what's interesting to me, and I'll ask you guys this. Maybe it's a good way to end. But it just in terms of a sheer enjoyment factor or, or gameplay factor, w as all of this conversation is happening over the last few years, and by the way, it's really been like over a decade that people have said, oh, baseball's dying, baseball's dying. It's, a, it's an old drumbeat. Although this season it really does feel true for once. But even amidst this conversation and all the criticism over the last few years, I would say 
but I think it's possible that it's me personally, and it's that maybe as I get older, I like slower sports more because I'm watching more baseball and golf than I ever Red did. Red Sox have won 73 games, <laughs> by the way. But, well, that helps. But, but I would say that in the last few seasons, the last three specifically, MLB has had terrific postseasons. I mean, in the last few seasons, I have watched every single playoff series, which I never used to do. I mean, the Nats versus the Dodgers. The Dodgers, two years in a row, making it um, as far as they could, but not getting, to, not actually getting to the World Series. You know, two underdogs winning in the last three seasons, the Astros and the Cubs. You had two curses broken. Incredible back-to-back seasons. I mean, really exciting things going on in baseball's playoffs. Now, of course, MLB can't control or decide or exert control over which teams end up doing well, but I'm just saying... That's an interesting contrast to me, is that while everyone is saying, oh, popularity's down, baseball's down, baseball's not cool anymore, actually we've had terrific, interesting, uh, thrilling results, like three off-season, three playoffs in a row. And, and as a baseball fan, uh, if you're already locked in, if you're loyal, it's never been a better time to be a baseball fan. Right, exactly. Just I mean, with the remember a stretch and... when, like, the Phillies, or maybe it was the Angels, or the, and the SF Giants won, like, Three out of five years. I mean, it was... Yeah, Giants won three out like of five. Like when I was in college, yeah. 10, that 12, was so 10, 12, boring. 12, and 14, they won. Yeah, so it was right after college. For and me. then, yeah, you know, God forbid, the 06 World Series happens again. You get White Sox, Astros. And oh. then you get Rockies against the Red Sox. I mean, look, yeah, you can't can't plan for that. But, but you have good teams, good players. The MLB TV's at the top of its game. The, the Amazon, the stat stuff, uh, this new exit velocity thing... They can do more with that. That's all interesting if you're uh, looking at that stuff. They're getting better with stats. Um, it sh- probably should be worrying for the league that things are so exciting and yet everything's down. Right. And by the way, quick shout-out. I'm glad you mentioned the stats, Michael. I mean, if you are a baseball fan, it is, it is admittedly cool. And this is from someone I'm always skeptical of. You know, I, I try not to be – I'm not saying rah-rah, go MLB and Amazon. But as part of this story I did on their new partnership, they sent me this URL. I had never even seen it. I don't think they promoted enough. BaseballSavant.com. It's an official MLB website with just the whole treasure trove of all the StatCast data presented in fascinating ways, including a 3D pitch representation where you can look up any pitcher, and it shows you every single pitch they've thrown this season in a, in a 3D graphic visual. It's really cool. Yep. Now the average person probably isn't excited by that. But, but there are things they can do with that. Like if you had... Uh, you're watching a game and they have the grid, the strike zone box in it. How about putting the batters or flashing the batters hot zones hot and cold down. zones? Um, that's going to hold people's attention over a number of batters because I know that I'm the type of uh, person that waits for the first pitch uh, to a batter and then looks at their stats for the season. Yeah, um, it, You can do stuff like that, and I'm sure they will with the when they start figuring it out. They better. Um, and experiment with it, but I think that they also need this track to revamp the actual ballpark experience too, or else they're gonna they're have have a situation where attendance is gonna continue going down. Well, and and quickly because I know we've got to run. Uh, I just think again, you hit on it, Dan, with the playoffs and the notion baseball is a regional sport until we get to the playoffs, and you want to talk about legislating the sport so that you can maximize your actual exposure. 
like have more teams in the playoffs, make the playoffs six weeks long. I mean, I think it's crazy that the NFL still plays 16 regular season games and only has five weeks of playoffs. It's they so should short. play. They should play 14 weeks of regular so season and they should have eight weeks of playoffs. The NBA playoffs are three months long. It's a second season. Like all these sports should be thinking about going shorter during the regular season. Now the teams don't want to do this because they right. get a lot of the revenue from the RSNs, which you know have a certain value. But as the cable bundle continues to be devalued. I think the, the sports leagues will be incentivized, and they already are incentivized, to lengthen their playoffs. And I suspect that maybe not this collective bargaining you know, cycle, but let's say in 10 years, in 15 years, we are going to see much longer playoffs from all these sports because that is where you can make the drama national. And the regular season is just an afterthought. And the baseball purists will say, you got to have the stats for right. 160 teams. You no. Know, no one cares. Too no long. one cares. Barry Bonds was, was doing steroids out his ass, and he had 73 home runs. And you know what? It was really exciting, and no one's going to do that again unless they're also on steroids. And that's fine. That, that by, Let bygones be guy, bygones. Let him into the Hall of Fame. Move into a new era of baseball where you play 146 times, and you have eight, ten teams in the playoffs, and you go from there. Now, by the way, the NFL postseason can, can be that short because even the regular season games get those great ratings. Right, I mean, but, no one's because to your point, yeah, no I one's agree, watching the regular season baseball. Yeah. In baseball, you you have uh, mostly three game series and some four game series. But a couple weekends ago, the Cubs and Cardinals played a rare five game series in the regular season, and I like that idea of extending the playoffs because in the being you front load it with five game series. Yeah, so exactly. after watching yep. three game series for so long all summer, then you have. A few more five-game series, and and it's great. And all you need is one, a guy to get hot twice, and you win the series. And you know the worst. Best right. out of five. Everyone right. understands that. Well, we could keep talking about this all day, but we won't. Uh, I'd love to hear what our listeners think. Go Red Sox! Uh, I'm sure we're in for another interesting postseason, and I hope that these Sox and Yankees meet in the ALCS. I bet they will, Miles. They might be in the wild card, though, because the Red Sox have the best record. So if the Yanks right. play the wild card game, then they would end up playing Sox in the, right. the D. And by the way, you talk about making the playoffs longer. With the wild card, they've made it even shorter by having the one game thing, which is exciting with that sudden death play in. Yeah. Some people would say it's not as fair because anything could happen in one game and it doesn't necessarily give the best team out. Yep, 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 yep. Well, thank you, Miles. Thank you, Michael Kelly. First time on the podcast. I'm sure you'll be back. And listeners, let us know your thoughts on MLB. What should it be doing? Or should it leave everything alone? Uh, you can always comment, you can email us, you can tweet at us, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this, the Sportsbook Podcast. Goodbye.